Are you ready for the most informative, well-thought-out hockey podcast on the internet? You are? Sorry. It's just Crown Conversations with your hosts, Robin P. and James Nicholson. Hello and welcome to another edition of Crown Conversations, off-season edition, trade edition, victorious edition. Joining me, of course, is co-host James Nicholson and B-Rye Brian Baston from On The Forecheck. Brian, James, thanks for joining me today. I much appreciated. It's got a new nickname. I like it. <laughs> and you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. I've been eternally <laughs> grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, so we've got some news, huh? Why, why is the Nashville guy here? Yeah, why is the Nashville guy here, Gonna- James? Well, that banner. would be because uh, the LA Kings traded for Victor Arvidsson from the Nashville Predators. The Kings sent uh, a 2021 second round pick, their pick, in the upcoming draft, and the 2022 uh, third round pick. So, which, yeah, it's their pick, and then they, they get to keep the third round pick that they got from Pittsburgh in the Jeff Carter trade. So, two picks, you know, higher half of the draft picks for a guy who has been explosive in his scoring at times is always tough and yeah, is maybe hoping for a bounce back with the Kings. Yeah. I, I think that uh, you guys got, got, a, it was, a, it's a, I think it was a good deal. I think I know a lot of people are, you know, saying that Nashville got fleeced, which I don't know that I would say that. I think, you know, again, with, with the, the draft being, you know, the Nashville's in a place where they've, they've got to start kind of retooling. I don't, I don't know that I would use the word rebuild because I don't think they're going to do that. Um, but, you know, they're at a spot where for like about probably two, three years now, they've kind of just stagnated. Um, they've added a piece or two here and there, you know, notably uh, Matt Duchesne. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting to see that, you know, they're finally kind of addressing what they're, what they want to do. They're going to, they're, they're, you know, David Poyle said today on the radio that, you know, they hated to do it, which I know he's always going to say, but uh, you know, they think they've got a guy in, in, in Ellie Tolvanen that can kind of fill that same role as a, as an, you know, a shooter, basically a high volume shooter. Uh, and, and, you know, based on the last year, I think that, that that's probably, you know, that's probably a good thing to expect. You probably get the same kind of production. Now, obviously, um, Victor, it hurts seeing Victor Arvidsson leave, um, as, as you saw with Philip Forsberg and Ryan Johansson, both voicing their, their disapproval. But he's, he's somebody that's well-loved around, around the city. He's a great guy. He's always been just, uh, just a really fun player to watch. And uh, he's also the Nashville's uh, record holder for most goals in a season at 34 because they're one of, what, two teams that have never had a 40-goal scorer? So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great guy. Um, I'm wondering what you guys think of, of the trade and what, you know, what are you, you guys is, you know, are you excited about it? Did you think this is kind of a, came out of nowhere? I mean, it happened fast from the way things sounded with the reports. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, we need top six scores for sure in Los Angeles. I think Arvidsson brings that. He also brings defensive responsibility. He's a guy who plays really well. Uh, according to some fancy stats I saw in transition. He's a guy who can shoot off the rush. Um, We've seen him really have a a tough role on some power play uh, Mm -hmm. setups. 
uh, down near the net, kind of being, you know, the cleanup guy. Um, was it a few years ago against the Blues where Bertuzzo just clobbered him from behind? Yeah, and he hasn't been the same since that that hit, yeah. that, that nasty play. And uh, that's one of the, yeah, one of the things I was going to bring up is he's he's uh, only hasn't played over 60 games in the last three seasons. Now, obviously, he wasn't going to play more than 60 this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, injury injury issues have been a little bit tough for him as of late. So, yeah, I mean, and he still he fought someone on Dallas this year, right? I think that's right. It's this whole season's a blur, but I, I mean, think I'm I'm pretty certain he did. Yeah, he fought Andrew Cogliano, who's <laughs> definitely right. a weight class or two from him. Yeah, um, I think the only thing better was when we saw uh, last year one of the AHL guys, uh, Yakov Trenin. Uh, got in that fight with Zane Chara and uh, he nailed, I mean, he got a, he got a good hit on, on the chin and kind of stunned Chara for a minute before Chara, you know, did his, his big Frankenstein thing and just kind of laid on him. But <laughs> it was, it was pretty impressive, but yeah, I mean, you've got that same, there's some guy, little guys with, with fight, which of course fans love that. So. Yeah. I think in terms of giving up the two draft picks, we're okay with it because we have other picks in those rounds. Um for this year and next we have a glut of picks. We already have a glut of guys coming through the junior and AHL ranks. We needed a veteran. We needed somebody who could be a leader. And I, I think what you're seeing from the predators players on social media is uh, a glue guy, a guy who is popular in the room. Yeah. And the Kings really need that. They need some, uh, some character um, because Man, uh, the Kings have traded away a lot of character over the last three years. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be good. I mean, I, I think you're, you're right. I mean, he, he was a guy that, um, you know, he kind of came into the league around that same time that, that Philip Forsberg did. And they both, you know, both of them started kind of hitting their stride when, when, they, when Nashville traded for Ryan Johansson. And they've kind of, you know, most seasons they play a majority of their minutes together the old Jofa line, which is something we won't get to say anymore. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, he's been somebody who's been kind of at the heart of this team for a long time. Um, he, you know, he and Forsberg and Ekholm uh, were together in the world championships, I think a few years back uh, for Sweden when they won the gold medal and every picture is all three of them together, you know, wearing sunglasses, most personality that you ever see out of hockey players. Uh, so you can tell that it, it hurt and, I will say this, it doesn't bode well for uh, Philip Forsberg's uh, contract extension that's going to be due after next season. So I hope that they get that settled soon because he's one of those guys you can't, you can't let get away. So, but it's unfortunate, you know, uh, Victor Arvitz has been, been, he's a great player. Uh, you know, you mentioned the defensive responsibility, which is, you know, it's, it, you're right this season and last season, actually, he, he's shown a lot of improvement and that's something that he kind of straight up just didn't do uh, before this. I mean, he just is, he's a small guy for one, but there just wasn't, you know, especially with Peter Laviolette that he just didn't have that responsibility uh, given to him really to, to play defense. And why would you, I mean, he's, he's not that much taller than I am. So uh, but who plays defense in a Peter Laviolette system? <laughs> that's true. Nobody does. Your defensemen are all, your only forwards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know, he's, he, his, his production, unfortunately, has dropped off, uh, you know, th two, three seasons ago when he set the record uh, with 34 goals, 
he shot a, you know, just a 17%, which I'm sure is sustainable. Um, <laughs> the year before and after that, he, he was right around 12. And then last season, he was at about 7%. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he was a little bit snake bitten this year, I think. Um, there was also a lot of, of line shuffling. So I think that might've had something to do with it, but, um, you know, that, that one big year, 34 goals, um, you know, that was, that was extremely hot shooting. And a lot of that was because he got a lot off of, uh, LaViolette would send him to screen, uh, when they take point shots. And so he'd do this little jump screen in front of the goalie and it worked quite a bit and it deflected off of him several times. And so, you know, that, that helped with his, his goal scoring, uh, in transition, like you said, he is extremely effective. He does have a little bit of a tendency. He's gotten better about it, but he's got a tendency to, as soon as he thinks the puck is turned over, he just books it to the, to the offensive zone. And, you know, he's very good at collecting those stretch passes and, and turning them into good scoring opportunities. I think, um, you know, one of the things we saw him do this season, which was a little concerning, I guess, is that um, he had a tendency instead of driving all the way to the net, he'd stop right at the right circle and take a shot, which has never been something he's been great at. Um, I'm not sure why he's not, he wasn't still dri- kind of driving at the net more. Um, but, you know, that was another thing. I don't think that helped with his, his low scoring output this season. So, uh, but you know, there's still, he's 28, uh, I believe, and he, you know, he's still got some years in him. Uh, he's had some injury issues, but I think that the Kings got them, got themselves a player that, um, you know, he's got a good two or three years where he can, he can be that top six scorer that, that you guys were looking for. And I think he'll be a good addition, uh, uh to the team. I mean, for you guys, I wonder, you know, where do you think he slots in and with, and with who on the line? I see him second line right wing um, replaces Jeff Carter. Basically. Mm-hmm. I still don't know who's going to play center, but <laughs> uh, nobody knows he's going to play center outside of basically on Kovatar. Right. We, yeah. We know where Andre Kovatar is. We don't know where anybody else slots. We were just, it's kind of funny that they're still trying to build around Anshay Kovatar. I mean, Anshay Kovatar is not old. I feel old saying this because he's like a year older than me. He's like 34. (laughs) He's old for hockey, but he's not old for being a human. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's kind of crazy that they're, I feel like that they're still trying to build around their 30 somethings in Bryant and um, Dustin Brown and Andre mm-hmm. Kopitar, but yeah, I, I definitely see, um, Arvidsson slotting in on the right side, second line. Okay. Yeah. And I think that would probably work. I mean, I think that, uh, it's funny you mentioned about not having centers because man, that was the Nashville problem for years. And, <laughs> you know, according to some, you know, some could argue that it's still a problem. Um, you know, they went and did the Kyle Turris thing, which, you know, for a variety of reasons, didn't work out. Um, you know, Ryan Johansson, you know, people, his, you know, he, he, like most forwards who come to Nashville, uh, stop scoring goals. Uh, but he's all, but Johansson's been extremely effective. I mean, he's a fantastic passer. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's just excellent. And, you know, all the, all the stats that, uh, Corey Snazder tracks manually, you know, mm-hmm. it, he, he, you know, high danger passes, he's excellent. in. so, I mean, yeah, but that center problem has been something that I can I can relate to, um, and I'm kind of surprised that Nashville wasn't trying to be like, hey, you know, y'all wanna y'all wanna center, you, you know, need Maybe one of those two. Were. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'd be interested to hear what the negotiation process was like because I'm frankly a little surprised that 
it's the second is this season and not next year's because next year is arguably a much deeper draft from what I've been told. Um, and I would have maybe preferred to see two seconds or, you know, maybe a first, but it's not like you guys, you know, are but, hurting for picks, but yes, I the think caveat is his injury history. I right. mean, he's really slowed down over the last few years scoring wise. Mm-hmm. So in for LA, they're kind of taking a big risk on a guy who is, on the physical downslope of his career. And I mean, he's only 28, so. Right, but I mean, that's how it works. I mean, it's just unfortunate, but that's how it is with forwards in hockey. Um, Yeah, and I will I guess the other part is that I hadn't really thought about is he still does have uh, three years left on his deal at 4.25 million, which is not bad, to be honest. If you're going to have a guy that you're going to put in the top six, that's not awful. I think it was a very good deal when it was made, despite one very loud local idiot. who made a point that he, he couldn't, he, you know, he's not a 30 goal scorer and he immediately did it twice right after that. But um, <laughs> he's taking his victory laps today. And of course, just everybody's dunking on him because nobody likes him. Um, but I'm not going to mention any names and I'm not bitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think there's that the injury history is a little bit concerning. Um, but, you know, again, I think that he can be a, a, an explosive player. He's a little bit streaky, but he can be a pretty explosive player at times and be one of those, those players that you can play, you know, you can play at five on five. You're going to put play him uh, on the power play. You're, he's going to play in overtime if they do three on three. And so uh, he's, you know, he's a shooter and he's a high volume guy. So that's kind of what you have to expect. That's yeah. what LA needs. They need a shooter. Cause it was one thing that I was griping about to James, I think in our postmortem, I was like, they didn't shoot the puck. <laughs> they got into the offensive zone and they just kind of looked at each other and go, what do we do now? Yeah. Go to the net. Go, <laughs> go to the- <sighs> just go, go there. Yeah. Going to the net Painful. seems to be a, a really foreign concept to some teams. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm comparing some just stats right now and like statistically he's kind of on pace with Jeff Carter when we traded Jeff Carter before he exploded for a million goals with Pittsburgh. Right, of course. That's how it goes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I'm looking at a guy like Arvidsson. I see him as a guy who can play the second line left wing. Um, you know, maybe you put him on the first line left side. You can kind of flip-flop. He and uh, Alex Iafalo. Oh, yeah. Kempe can move to the right side. Maybe Trevor Moore gets a look. Maybe, you know. Kaliev gets a more permanent look as well. He should. Um, yeah, he scored a lot. Same with That's awesome. Byfield, same with Turcotte, same with Rasmus Kupari. Um, we have a lot of a, a lot of young guys. Yep. Um, it's just going to be a matter of working them into the lineup. And I, I think with Arvidsson, we I mean, he still averaged half a point a game last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he had 10 goals, 15 assists, over 50 games. Um, and he shot a 6.6% last year. Yep. Like that's way down from his normal year. Like we, I, I think everybody was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, comparatively the King shooting percentage, like it, it, I mean, Jeff Carter shot 6.8%. Yep. You know um, he, you know, Austin Wagner shot 6% and Kings fans are going to groan so hard when they hear 6% because they're going to go, wow, that seems high for Austin Wagner. <laughs> yeah yeah as i say dustin brown had a very sustainable 13 so yeah i mean and he did well you know on the power plays where he made a lot of his uh, yeah. goals 
because I mean, he, he was great this year on the power play. Um, I think having a second option on the power play is something that the Kings didn't have for a lot mm-hmm. of the year. It was a lot of, you know, Kopitar makes a pass to the point shot rebound, Dustin Brown scores. Right. And when Dustin Brown was playing hurt and then ultimately left the lineup, the power play tanked hard. And Arvidsson is a guy who can really be a second option on yep. the other side of the net. I was just getting um, ready to say that's a guy, he, he's the perfect guy to fill that exact role you just said to to be there to clean up rebounds. That's kind of his been his mo. And I remember I was talking about how him being a shooter, a volume shooter. Uh, so last season, uh, per sixty, just all situations, averaged he was about 20, 20 shot attempts per game or per sixty, and and about almost a uh, almost eleven shots per 60 and that's you know that's five more shot attempts than jeff carter had who led the led the kings and right about the same amount of shots per 60 which also you know led the kings with jeff carter so i mean he's that kind of a guy that you know he's probably not as he's not as well-rounded as, as a jeff carter would be but he's going to give you that volume and and probably more more so you may you may regret the uh saying that you need they need more of that because he will provide that for you um you know if he finds his shot i think you know, you've got a guy who can easily give you 20, 25 goals, but he's got to stay healthy and he's got to get over that hump from the last two years. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line it's interesting about the the health factor um because you know it in our division in the king's division they play the golden knights like 12 times okay it's like five but still they play the golden knights five times in a season and they're gonna play them pretty much pretty close back to back. And then they mm-hmm. also play the ducks and the ducks play them dirty. The Kings dirty. They play, yeah, the they play Sharks, everybody. The dirty. play them dirty. <laughs> they play, they see the blues like four times in a year. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to have much chance just because these teams are, shall I say, historically line pushers. Yeah. I mean, I will say, yes, you're, you're right. Especially <laughs> talking about Anaheim. Um, but you know, now he's not going to be playing the blues, you know, as many times a year as, as he was, he's not going to be playing Dallas. Uh, you know, there there's, I think there's opportunities, you know, all over again, there's, there's very few teams that I, I will say whole cloth that I think are, are pretty dirty with the exception of one that I just mentioned, but, uh, um, Vegas, hello. Well, like, yeah, them too, but <laughs> I'm just more taking my, taking shots at Anaheim. Cause I know my audience. Um, <laughs> ah! Well, and also, you know, I, I have a personal dislike of them too. So, uh, yeah, yeah. All the people, that. all the fans I interact with are very nice, but you know, again, I say that like all the fans, I mean, I remember what the Western conference finals looked like when they were like <laughs> half their arena was filled at puck drop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm done. Well, I can't, I'll, I'll wait for more, but I'll put some space between it. But yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, especially I think maybe with, uh, with, when, with John Hines coming in last year, I think that helped contribute to Arvidsson becoming a better, a little, little bit more well-rounded, um, you know, more dis- defensive responsibility. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not nearly as quick to, 
jump on every possible turnover and, you know, be, <laughs> be 60 feet away when the, you know, the play's still happening. Uh, I think that helped. It helped a lot of players. I think I saw, we saw a lot of players last year, you know, it didn't show up necessarily on the scoreboard, but a lot of players kind of had their games tweaked. And I think a lot of it was for the better, just because it takes a long time to get that Laviolette stink off of, off of a player. So, I mean, look at Kevin Fiala, you know, so, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it hurts again, it hurts to see he's a fan favorite, but it's also a move that I don't think really surprised most Nashville people. I know, especially with the Seattle draft. I mean, I think that was the main reason this move was made um, Mm -hmm. because it allows them, I think, you know, they, they're pretty safe to go with eight skaters now. Um, if they do intend on keeping all four defensemen, uh, you know, who knows? Because, you know, it was just felt like six months ago that Matias Ekholm was out the door and it was a sure thing. And he was like the glue guy all year because he was the only defenseman that didn't get injured for more than two games. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they'll they'll keep those four and then, you know, they'll probably protect Forsberg, uh, Yarncroak, uh, one of Duchesne or Johansson. I'm guessing that probably will protect Duchesne just because they just signed that big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they may, you know, kind of, uh, dangle Johansson out there, but I don't know that Seattle will, will take the bait on that one. Um, and, and then the, Colton Sissons. Yes. And then Colton, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Seven year deal himself. Colton Who Sissons. doesn't want Colton Sissons? He's, he, you know, I know his, 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 his contract's pretty small. He's just, he's one of those, he's like an eternal fourth, third line center. He's good defensively. He, you know, yes, it's a seven-year deal, but it's two point eight million. It's it's whatever. It's fine. I mean, Kings uh, fans would have lost their mind if Trevor Lewis had signed that contract five years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, we would have been loving it. Yeah, so. and, and so I underrated mean, himself, right? <laughs> you know, and they've got they've got Luke Cunning, who they they got in the trade. Uh, you know, if they re-sign Mikel Granlin, which I believe, um you know, is kind of, I think that all, all of the rumors have pointed towards that. So it gives them a little bit more options because honestly the seven and three protection, there's not, there's not seven forwards worth protecting. I mean, <laughs> that'll be, t- that, that will be taken, you know, if they want to take, if they want to take Colton Sissons or, you know, somebody like that, or they want to take a, the fifth defenseman that some people are arguing for, like uh, Alexander uh, Carrier, who just played his first full, basically full year in the NHL, mm-hmm. let them do it. That that's what happens hey that's that's okay i'll take that um so i think that's kind of where this move came from i think this he was a player that you know again like in three years is how's his production going to be and you know what will be more valuable immediately those picks or or his production over the next three seasons and i think it's pretty you know clears up space and they've got more more picks that come in i think they've got six picks in the, in the first four rounds this year so i think that definitely helps yeah and, and- I mean, Nashville, we've seen you guys swing for the fences the last few years. David Poyle has been a buyer at the deadline. And it's this seems like a good time to pivot. This seems like something mm-hmm. that, you know, the Kings held on for one or two years too long before making this kind of a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it seems prudent to say yeah. the least. Yeah, I'd say I have some, a lot of people were, were, you know, not too happy about the return. And again, I get that. But I, I kind of told I told people, I said, you know, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not great. But, you know, if they had pivoted and started rebuilding, retooling, whatever you want to call it, two years ago, like they should have, you know, imagine the return for Victor Arvidsson two years ago. You know, that would have been, it would have been at least a first and something else, you know. And uh, 
it's just one of those things that they have to see if you know if they if it's not too late to do this because they still have those they have some pieces their defense core is basically there um so you know it's all about if they're going to be able to to piece together something new with with the forward group and i think last season was a good time to kind of watch that because they got a lot of a lot of the ahl and junior guys in there playing you know ellie tolvin and had a fantastic season mm-hmm. yakov trenin um you know a lot of guys like that there's always there's philip tomasino who's just sitting waiting um he i don't think he's ever going back to oshawa because he played for um chicago in the ahl this year and just he was I think it was like third in the ahl and rookie scoring yeah um, tomasio because we know him because he played on that line for so many years in niagara with akil thomas um right. and like i mean tomasino it, it he's going to be a good freaking player he's he's the real deal yeah yeah and uh you know yeah it's funny though because i feel i feel a little bit bad because oshawa gave up a ton of stuff to get him and he played Mm -hmm. that second half of that year then last season was canceled and i don't yeah i don't see him there's no reason for him to go and play in the juniors again i'm pretty certain that he's gonna make he's gonna make the team out of camp this season so i think there's definitely a role for him um Mm -hmm. i mean i the guy can kind of he can do a lot Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a smart player, heads up player. I'm excited to see what he can do at the yeah. NHL level. It, it's nice to have like that exciting forward prospect, one or two of them in Nashville, because you know it's been a got, while. Yeah, you've got him. <laughs> you've got you've got Tolvanen, um, who who's really you know he's kind of he's he didn't he's not you know a lot of people said like he's just a shooter. He's just going to be another Ovechkin type, which. You know, yes, no. his this, yeah, no, well, nobody is, but well, who you know, would his, want no Ovechkin type? On that's true. That's, that's what that's, I'm saying. Like, okay, he he's gonna it? be Ovechkin light. I'm trying to see the problem here. <laughs> <laughs> he puts up 45 goals instead of 50. Yeah, right. No, he's useless. <laughs> yeah, ah. yeah that, I don't think it's. I don't think that's possible in Nashville. I'm pretty sure there's a goal scoring field. <laughs> I think the only person who's ever been able to be successful scoring goals in Nashville was Jeff Carter, ironically. So. um I think I believe I, I checked this last year, last offseason, but I'm pretty certain he's still like the all time leading goal scorer against Nashville, if I remember correctly, um, Man, which is crazy. It, it might be. I, I feel like Patrick Hornquist in his time with the Predators was so good at winning one nothing and two to one games against the Kings. <sighs> yeah, yeah. One nothing and two to one games. That's the yeah. that's the brand. Oh, that's the Nashville brand, because... baby. Those games were they were brutal. <laughs> Jonathan Quick always has a losing record against um against the Predators. But Jonathan Bernier, when he was with the Kings, he had a winning record against the Predators. It Look was, at that. It was very strange. Yep. Hmm. It is weird. And man, um weird. Ultimately, Brian, I mean, what what would you want Kings fans to know? about Victor Arvidsson. Who are we getting? How should we treat him? What should we expect from him? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think it's been established that my name is B-Rye. So I'll thank you to address me as such. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just oh, pardon me, Professor B-Rye. Yeah, yeah. That nickname I've never heard before today. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I mean, he, you're getting a guy again. He's, he's a quick, he's a small guy. He, he you know, that's going to give you a little bit of concern for his durability. Um, he's a he's a shooter first and foremost he can he can play a little bit of an extra role you know getting in front of the net and I think that would be good for him to do that um he's gotten better defensively I think the last two years were his best defensive years and probably the last six or seven seasons 
Um, he is a fantastic person, um, kind of quiet, you know, he's not going to be a talkative guy during interviews, but uh, he did a lot of a lot of work around here charity wise, uh, he ran the uh, Yannick Weber's old charity for and I can't it's I'm coming up blank it was a uh, for dogs like getting rescue dogs and things like that. Um, you know, so he's he's a really great guy you're not going to have any issue with him playing dirty or being one of those types off the ice when you, you know, he tweets something and you're like, oh, great. Okay. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty quiet on those fronts. So I think I know you're getting a really good player and he's real fun to watch. Uh, I mean, this was a good move for, for Los Angeles, in my opinion. I like it. Yeah, uh, I don't like it as much, but yeah. Well, I'm hoping that he's the type of culture ad that the Kings need instead of going for a certain white supremacist best friend who unfortunately ended up on the Kings. Yeah. 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 I wasn't going to mention it. <laughs> well, I mean, so the, I have to rehash this because the Kings have been saying for the last few years that they are concerned about, actually they've been saying this since Dean Lombardi's time. They want specific culture ad guys, but then they go out and make that trade. And it's like, what, I know what you're trying to do in theory, but at the same time, it basically is kind of a slap in the face to your black players and to like any future colored players who happen to join your team. Like, mm-hmm. Sure, we're going to say that culture is important to us, but then we are going to go out and get this guy who is very likely a white supremacist light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's no good. Um, and but, yeah, I mean, there's there's concern. I mean, we haven't quite had the same type of, of concern, but, you know, there's been the issues with with players like Austin Watson and, and Nick Cousins. Uh, but, you know, thankfully, the only you know, one that I know of with just a, just a tinge of racist uh, thinking is old, old Mike Fisher, who's still here around town and oh, gosh, p- uh, palling around with uh, uh, Candace Owens apparently recently. So that's cool. That's uh, And they, they love him. He does. He still hosts team related events because, um, you know, got to have that wife in there to sing the national anthem. Wait, um, or is this Sh- Shane Doan we're talking about? No, the Nashville <laughs> Shane. Damn it, James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, I always fall for it every yeah. time, James. I'm sorry. Um, man, I, I'm so excited for Victor Arvidsson. I'm excited for the rest of the offseason for the LA Kings. Um, I think this is the tip of the iceberg in terms of, of trades that Rob Blake makes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean – you the Kings still have more than 15 million dollars in cap space to play with um but uh, you know we see um this is the time to get aggressive and uh, i'm excited for what the kings pull off for the rest of the the off season please ignore my crying dog in the background oh i, can't, I didn't hear though. anything until you pointed it out please, okay. tell your dog, please tell your dog i love it uh, he's um, deaf, so I can't. Okay, sign it then. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Give your dog a hug and a kiss from both of us. Uh, How do yeah. you sign B Rye? Um, <laughs> if you have to ask, you're never gonna know. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I really, I really, yeah, I really appreciate. Be right. Yeah, I was. I wouldn't even bother. It's just the middle finger to me. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, that's that's how life's been lately. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I was very excited when when you when you when you DM'd me because I was like, yes, that's what I was kind of hoping. Because again, I love being on podcasts. I just don't like hosting them because I end up having to edit. And you know, you guys know. I really appreciate it. Again, I've, nothing but good things have resulted from me being on the, on the podcast. So hopefully, hopefully that continues. Well, thank you again for joining us tonight, B. Rye, Sir Bastin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take that too. On the four check math person. Yep, certainly. I ran out of nicknames. Brian, again, thank you for joining us. And uh, hopefully everything works out with Victor Arvidsson and the Predator just new shiny new picks. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to to see what what happens. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's been a long time since Nashville didn't have Victor Arvidsson on the team. So it'll be interesting for sure. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's been a real pleasure. Always.